The all-new mix, 99.3, and good morning. It's uh, it's early, and but it's never too early to, to talk to uh, a guest who's going to be spending a couple nights in our town. And, Rich, you might as well just go ahead and take up uh, permanent residency if you're going to spend two nights in Portsmouth, Ohio. Rich Little, good morning. Good morning. That's a long time, is it? My big question is, uh, Rich, uh, you know, I know you're doing a, a, a stand-up act, and you're, you're, you're doing that. How long have you been doing that? Oh, my gosh. I've been... Uh well, before I came down from Canada, so it right. had to be mm, 1960. I don't think the, the job of impressionist was done. I think you invented it. Do you, do you give yourself credit no. for that? No, 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 I didn't. Actually, I was influenced a lot by Frank Gorsha. Frank uh, was a great impersonator, still is, uh, an actor, did movies too. And he was before me, and also George Kirby, um, and um, you know, there, the Larry Storch uh, was was a great impersonator at the time. He was on F Troop, if you remember. Loved that show. One of my all-time favorites. Yeah. Well, you kind of brought it to the masses. Now you did a mix of uh, of political, and then of course uh, entertainment-oriented people. Before we get into that, though, I love the story about when you were in your 20s, and I think you were doing a, a club in Quebec, and got on stage and realized that nobody spoke English. Right. And you did something <clears throat> at that point that I thought was ingenious, because a lot of people don't realize that as people have facial impersonations, everybody's got their own rock. That's right. That's right. That's all I could do. They didn't speak any English. <laughs> and, uh, nobody. and so I'm starting my act like I always do, and there's nothing. And I thought, maybe I'm working for the the deaf, you know. <laughs> and then I suddenly realized they, they all uh, only spoke French. And what was I going to do now, you know? Right. Uh, maybe I, I should have done Marie Chevalier or Louis Jordan or, Marcel Marceau is always an option too, but uh, yeah, I thought it was. Marcel would have been great. Uh, yeah. yeah, Hopper Marks would have been good. But <laughs> I ended up doing walks, you know, yeah. uh, Walter Brennan's walk and John Wayne's walk, and a lot of people have a distinctive walk, uh, you know, and uh, that got a little bit of a reaction. But it was not one of my great shows, believe me. But uh, I was always the the class clown who imitated the teacher uh, before the teacher arrived in the morning. And I would go through uh, uh, all their little bits and, uh, you know, their usual stuff that they do to prepare for speaking to us. Right. And uh, then we'd have a look out at the door and say, here he comes. And then I'd take my seat and the teacher would come in and do exactly what I just did and get huge laughs. <laughs> and the teachers thought they were very funny people. Did you ever get caught? Never got caught as I remember. Wow. I did sit at the back of the class, and they didn't ask me many questions because it's bad enough to imitate the teacher, but if you give the wrong answer in the teacher's voice, it doesn't sound too good. <laughs> well, that's a great training ground. I mean, uh, I think uh, uh, you, you have so much to draw, to draw from, and not only that, but uh, you, you know, you probably had a few uh, whackbird uh, friends in school, too, that you like to imitate, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. I did all my teachers, actually, and... Uh, um, when I went to the Copacabana for my first U.S. engagement, teachers in Canada all came down, sat in the front row, expecting me to imitate them. Right. And, of course, an American audience doesn't know <laughs> Canadian teachers. And they were a little upset when they left that uh, I didn't do them. And uh, I explained that 
Nobody knew who they were. Have you, ever, have you ever sat down and counted exactly how many people are inside you? About 200. Woo! My yeah. gosh. But, but yeah. you know, on an average show, I do about 50 impressions. When you're trying to learn an impression, or I imagine some come a lot more naturally than others, uh, uh, let me, let's, 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 let's transcend into Johnny Carson, because I remember watching you on the Johnny Carson show all the time. Johnny claimed that he could never be impersonated, and I believe you were the first to kind of capture his essence. Did he say he could never be impersonated? I believe I heard him one time say that, and then, if I'm mistaken, it may have been, I'm not quite sure whether you were on or not, but I think you made it a personal challenge to try to get him down, and you came on one night and just blew the audience away, and I think well, blew Johnny away as well. He was, he was a great subject because he had about 23 mannerisms. Right. And I remember on a Dean Martin roast one time, I did all 23 mannerisms <laughs> and asked him what they all meant. <laughs> And I said, um, I remember I said that when I was through doing all these mannerisms, I said, you shouldn't be on television. You should be in a home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, you know, you played in, uh, in the HBO uh, movie Late Night, and I was shocked. Well, you know, it, it, it was an interesting challenge. It wasn't really a challenge, but I had to do a little more subdued Johnny Carson because I usually do him the way you see him on The Tonight Show. Right. And, and and being in real life, you know, having a conversation with Dave Letterman or talking around the house would be a little bit different sound. You know, it'd be more, ah, you know, it's a, it's a great great day out today. I, I think I'll go mow the lawn. You know, so it'd be, it'd be kind of a low-keyed Johnny right. Carson. Right, not, yeah. And it wouldn't be the, okay, ah, <laughs> You know, sure. that outward Carson. I used to see him on the stage, you know, in, in Vegas. And um, the, the only place he ever played was the Sahara in Las Vegas. Never played anywhere else. Right. And uh, it was quite a different Carson than you see on television. He did kind of a Rickles. He kind of paced around and did one-liners and a little put-down material and a little risque. And it was, it was interesting to see uh, Johnny in, in that situation. And on the Tonight Show, he was an interesting man. He was a very uh, private person. He um, he didn't socialize with you at all. He just he was great on the show, did his job, got in his car, and took off, and that was it. Wow! So you never really got close to him at all, except just uh, in the chair there. Uh, that's about it. You know, if I was leaving uh, in the parking lot and saw him, right. he, you know, he'd be friendly and you know, thanks thanks for doing the show. Uh, listen, if I when I'm driving home tonight, if I if I hit somebody, I'll um, I'll tell them it was you. <laughs> Doing me, he'd you know, have a little quip or something. You know. Right. Were you naturally uh, drawn to uh, political humor, or was that something that once you started being able to do the presidents, uh, it kind of drew you in? What What came first? Well, doing the presidents was was a lot like doing the teachers. You know, people love it when you poke fun at people of authority, and you sort of knock them off their pedestal and. And, and have them say silly things, and, and people like that, you know. So you have you have people like Nixon and, and Carter and right. Reagan. Um, they're all uh, great uh, characters. Uh, I look at them as characters, and they're all different too, you know. And um, and um, I've had great success doing them. Of course, the one I was known for uh, was Richard Nixon, right, on the Saturday. <laughs> my God, my own parents. 
tried to have me impeached. It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. And um, I was known for Nixon for a long time. Right. My nose kept growing. It was terrible. But um, uh, the, my favorite was Reagan. All-time favorite was Reagan. He was so nice to me. Right. We used to talk for hours at the White House, and much to Nancy's annoyance. <laughs> Honey, we have guests waiting in the Lincoln Room for coffee and uh, tea, and, and what are you doing? <laughs> I'm telling Rich the, the story about Errol Flynn, the dirt story. Oh, not the dirt story. That's a 10-minute story. I'll, I'll shorten it up, and be, I'll be with you in about a half an hour. He used to keep me, you know, in raptures and um, in telling me these Hollywood stories, which I loved. And all these people were waiting in the other room. It was, it was hysterical. <laughs> well, how many presidents did you, I, I'm sure probably all of them, but uh, did you go to the White House uh, during all the uh, the terms at, at times? And, no, I and went mostly for Reagan. Just I Reagan, went, I um, think. I, went, I performed for him about six times. Wow. And um, uh, George Bush Sr. about twice, um, and uh, that's about it, actually. How about George Bush Jr.? Do you do him? No, I've never met him. No. Do you do him? I do him. Yeah. He's a, he's a good, good subject to do, you know. A lot of problems. Written, written me a lot of great material. <laughs> well, you know, Alan, Alan Ladd was your, your, I guess, first celebrity that you did. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Nobody remembers Alan Ladd. Yeah, I, sure, I love Alan Ladd. He's one of my... Really? Yeah, I, the, the, hard to find anybody. Well, I'm a big fan of the old black and white movies. I love them. Yeah, it's because well, there's a great character acting well, back there. You know, I mean, the young generation never heard of Alan Ladd at all, but at Paramount, uh, next to Bing Crosby, he was, he was number one there for a while. And I met him when he came to Ottawa, my... My hometown. Wow. I drew a picture of him. I was, I'm always interested in writing, or I mean in, in doing sketches and doing portraits and stuff. And at about 18, I wrote a picture of, uh, of Alan Ladd, and I stood in line at Crawley Films where he was dubbing his voice for a picture called Saskatchewan. Right. Uh, and um, I stood there uh, for about four hours. So I got there at six in the morning, and I was first in line. And I gave him this picture to sign, and he said, "Did you, did you really draw this picture?" <laughs> I said, "Yes, I did." Well, this is very good. Let me, let me sign it for you. <laughs> and I had that very deep kind of a voice, right? And I was just in awe, you know. And um, he was very short, though. He wasn't wasn't a very tall man. But I was a big fan of Alan Ladd. It's one of the first voices I did. For that, I started to do Jimmy Stewart, um, you know, and. <clears throat> It was interesting to be such a fan of Jimmy's. I mean, I was really in awe of this man. And then to think later in my life I would get to know him, you know, it was just incredible. Well, you get that extra dimension, I guess, uh, once you've, you've met him before you've done him, and that takes it to another level. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You see a different side of him than on the screen, you know. Yeah. Jimmy was uh, very funny. He was always... Uh, he was always... Uh, coming out with uh, some sort of a quip or some line. I remember one time I visited him in Beverly Hills at his home. When we were leaving, he was walking me out to my car. A tour bus bus pulled around the corner, and they said, Jimmy Stewart, my God! They were all screaming and yelling, and he said, Rich Little, what are you doing at Jimmy Stewart's place? And Jimmy said, without meaning a beat, he he comes here uh, uh, twice a month to, to get his batteries recharged. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
man. He, he is, I tell you, well, probably my, one of my all-time favorites is Jimmy Stewart. He was, uh, he was so beloved. Now, you, you know, not only have done your job of being, in my opinion, the best impressionist of all time. I hope you don't mind me saying that. Oh, my God. But you, you were also on a lot of television shows. And did you play yourself like when you were on Fantasy Island and Chips and Hawaii Five-0? Oh, yeah. So you played yeah, Rich I Little. I played myself on uh, uh, Fantasy Island a lot and uh, Love Boat and, uh, and uh, let's see, um, Hawaii Five-0. I played a killer. And, You're on uh, Manix. I also played a murderer on uh, Police Woman, too. Wow. A psychopathic murder rapist. <laughs> Now, when you're doing a character like that, when you're actually acting, I mean, who do you, are you? Are you a little composite of everybody, or how, how does that work with so many people inside of you, like well, bursting to come out? My 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 temptation was uh, to play the whole thing as Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> you know, I get in the car and I'm going for a drive, but I didn't want to do that, so I played it as myself when I played this psychopathic murder rapist with Angie Dickinson. My mother refused to watch it. Wow. No boy of mine's playing a rapist. This is terrible. <laughs> His career's over. It's just awful. I said, Mother, it's just a part. You know, actually, I enjoyed doing that. And yeah. uh, something different for me because, you know, you get this image of being sort of the, you know, the, the young kid, you know, and uh, a likable kind of a character back, in the uh, back when I was 25, 30 years old. And uh, to play that kind of a part against type can be very chilling. You know? Right, right. And so I thought I was pretty good. I don't forget who I murdered, but... Uh, I think they probably for, they've probably forgiven you by now, I think, don't you think? No, I know who it was. It was that girl that ended up on... Uh, uh, with... Uh, no, I can't even think of the name of her. Barbara Bach. Oh! Ringo's wife! Yeah. Killed Ringo's wife! Killed Ringo's wife. I was always expecting him to come after me later, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got attacked by a couple of drumsticks by an angry, long-haired man. Looking forward to coming up there. I'm going to do a lot of new things, too. Um, I'm going to be doing uh, a lot of uh, singing. Okay. A lot of uh, people singing that shouldn't even be talking, you know. <laughs> I'm going to have, I'm going to have uh, Bill Clinton singing and all the presidents singing. Wow. And uh, <clears throat> tribute to Frank Sinatra that I do with Dean and Sammy and oh, man. Tony, Tony Bennett and... And uh, Bing Crosby and all the people that work with uh, with Frank Louis Armstrong, and so a lot of music and uh, uh, and of course uh, you know some new stuff. I'm doing Doctor Phil now. Oh, let's hear Doctor Phil. I, I know, I know <laughs> what, what what you know, and 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 if you know that I I, I know that then 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 you'll know that I know that when, when you do know it. larger than life, you know? Right. I mean, here's this big man, right, advertising his diet, but he hasn't been on it himself. <laughs> Very strange. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. You're, uh, you're the best, I'll tell you, Rich, and I really look forward to seeing you. As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to be bringing you on. Oh, if you were going to introduce me, you'd say, well, I think Rich is coming out here. Uh, you never know who he's coming out as. I mean, it could be anybody. But, uh, you know, but let's just see who it is. And then I come out as... I come out as George Burns and do a whole thing with that, with that, with George. Oh, 
that's wonderful. Well, you know, I figured with 200 people inside of you, you had enough people in there jockeying for position to bring you out. But uh, it's going to be two great nights of Rich Little and uh, tickets on sale 19th and 20th. And we hope that you'll take a little piece of Portsmouth away from you. Uh, and so we can see you, you know, spit it back to us at a later date. Oh, great. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, Rich, appreciate it. And have yourself a great day, okay? Okay. Hold on. Rich Little on the all-new Mix 99.3.